Hello, good morning. It is Monday, November 30th, 2020. My name is Tiny Levitt. This is College Basketball Today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to College Basketball Today. Thanks to everybody who subscribed already, who's downloaded already. You guys absolutely rock. We are going to continue pumping out content for you, college basketball content that you want, you need. Every single morning, I'm releasing episodes, trying my very best to get them out there for you at five in the morning so that no matter how early you're waking up to do your gym routine in the house, on the road, wherever it is you're doing what you're doing, waking up with a baby, I'm here for you with college basketball news, and I will continue to do that. If you're liking what you hear, I hope you'll go on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts as soon as we're up there. Give a subscribe, give a five-star rating and review. That really would help. And in the meantime, if you want to share on Twitter or Instagram and tag me at HateItOrLevit, that would be super duper cool. Also, every time someone tags me on Twitter, I can show my mom and my grandmother and they can shep nachas. And that is Yiddish for be proud. So really, you know, it would mean the world to me, obviously, if you want to uh, share or subscribe or give a five-star rating, however you want to support the show, I appreciate it. Today's show is sponsored by MyPlaceToBetOnline.xyz. I actually play some very interesting bets over the weekend. I am three for three in college basketball bets this season. I'm not a huge better, but Sunday I kind of felt like doing it. I got Baylor minus 11. Boy, did they crush Washington. I think they ended up winning by 30. That was a comfortable situation. I got the under on Texas Tech and Houston. And what I tell you, the over-under was 131.5, and, and I told you on Friday, that is a defensive matchup. The two best defensive teams in the state of Texas and lo and behold, they didn't even come close. I think it was not even 120, let alone 131 and a half. So cashed in there. And of course, I took Richmond plus eight and a half. And look at that. More on this later. But Richmond took it to Kentucky, absolutely demolished them. And that was a comfortable win. Came home with a nice little, uh, you know, $10. Nothing nothing crazy. But, you know, that definitely um, supports my pizza addiction. So look. You know, I'm not right all the time. Certainly my uh, Virginia and Memphis takes on the first podcast episode will tell you that. And look, after I talked about Illinois on Friday, they didn't make me look great either with their game that afternoon. But hey, I'm three for three in betting. This is definitely not going to be a betting podcast, but I'm just saying college basketball today got some interesting tidbits. So big stuff. If you're trying to place college basketball bets, if you're taking the things that I'm saying here on this podcast and going making bets, I appreciate your your support and your belief in me. I am not responsible for your losses, but if you're trying to do it, go to myplacetobetonline.xyz, and that is a great place to get your betting done. I certainly enjoyed my experience there today, three for three. We got a bunch of important games to get to today. Obviously, the Virginia, Kentucky, and Villanova losses over the weekend stand out. But first, I, I need to talk about Gonzaga. I need to talk about this Gonzaga positive coronavirus test. A lot of confusing and conflicting information coming out of Spokane, or really, they're at a tournament down in Florida, so out of Florida. But if you haven't heard already, Gonzaga got potentially two positive coronavirus cases. At least that's what we uh, heard on Friday morning. And then by the time game tip-off between them and Auburn happened, it seemed that Gonzaga was down to one positive case. That person didn't play, but no one knew exactly who it was. But they went and continued to play the game anyway. And after the end of the game, people were asking Coach Mark Few. He said, hey, you know, that's what's going to happen this year. Coronavirus, you know, we, we identified this person. We have the test. We set them out. We played the game. And I'm here to say, don't play those games. 
I'm here to say as soon as you find out that there is a positive coronavirus test among your staff, you need to pull out of a game if it's happening that day so you can make sure that you're not transmitting the coronavirus across college basketball. And here's why. Well, I mean, here's why we shouldn't be passing a deadly disease from from person to person unless we absolutely have to. But there is no situation in which we absolutely have to. So let's not pass the coronavirus to people. Obviously, you know, people at home wear your mask, social distance, blah, 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 do all that good stuff. But on the college basketball front, there is only one thing about this season that matters, and that is the NCAA tournament. And no matter what happens between Gonzaga and Auburn, by the way, an Auburn team that isn't even eligible for the 2021 postseason because they self-imposed a ban because of recruiting violations. This is not an important game. The, the only games that matter are the, the tournament that are going to happen in March, maybe April. We'll see exactly when that happens. But the point of the story is those are the important games. And there is no reason for Gonzaga to risk endangering the long-term stability of the season by sending coronavirus back to the SEC via Auburn if they don't have to. And certainly, some schools are benefiting. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about San Francisco knocking off Virginia later, but I mean, the number one beneficiary from that game is actually Gonzaga because the metrics are going to be able to compare now Gonzaga to other ACC teams and favorably so. And and Gonzaga wins there. And so generally speaking, I think it's good for uh, college basketball to have these non-conference games to 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 have intersection points for for the math and and the people doing the eye test to to be able to compare across divisions but the but the matter stands that these games don't actually matter and that no matter how seeding happens at the NCAA tournament whether or not it actually reflects which team deserves to be a 1 seed which team deserves to be a 7 seed whether or not that actually 100% lines up with the information that we have or that we will would have had that doesn't matter as long as the games happen they matter that's what matters as long as the games happen this ncaa season can be called a success and gonzaga and anybody else can't be doing something to get in the way of that and so yeah maybe you lose a seed line because you didn't have an opportunity to play against a half decent auburn team a young auburn team and nonetheless a good well-recruited team from bruce pearl well coached obviously but Gonzaga doesn't need that. They're the number one team in the country. And they're going to go and they're going to mop the floor of the West Coast Conference again. And no matter how many losses they take this year, it's not going to be many. And they're going to end up on the one line. And there's no reason for them to be putting the actual season in jeopardy for style points when they already are going to be on the one line. And when no matter what seed line they're going to be on, all that matters is that this tournament happens. So let's 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 be smart college basketball. Let's be smart coaches. Let's be smart athletic directors. Make aggressive and strong decisions to protect the season. Obviously, make good decisions to protect the players. I feel like that I shouldn't even have to say that. But okay, let's take for granted that you're protecting the players, you're protecting your staff. Protect the season because that is what matters for the fans. That is what matters for the players, the coaches, and obviously you and your pocketbooks. So make smart decisions. Cancel games when you have to. Be aggressive when you cancel games. Share information. Do what it takes to get to the spring so we can have a tournament of 68 and walk away with a completed season. Because we can't, as an NCAA community, as a college basketball community, I don't want to be roping anybody into the NCAA unless they have to be. As a college basketball community, what matters is the tournament. Make aggressive decisions 
to protect that tournament. And we can't have what happened with Gonzaga and Auburn. We can't have teams playing the same day as they get a positive test in the system. That, that can't happen. That can't happen. All right, games of the weekend. Virginia dropping a very good game against San Francisco. 61-60 to 60 San Francisco. This is what we anticipated from Virginia. I mean, 61 points against a team that is 93rd in offensive efficiency this year in Ken Palm, 68th last year in offensive efficiency in Ken Palm, 61 points against that team, letting that much up. That's a good defensive showing. And that despite the fact that San Francisco hit 13 threes. But no matter how good that defensive performance is, and I'd say it was pretty solid, Virginia is walking along the edge of a cliff every single time, as long as its offense is like this. And as long as they're going to be relying on their defense to hold teams under 60 points, under 55 points, to make up for the fact that they really struggle, especially in half-court offense, this is what's going to happen. They're going to have games where teams just all of a sudden hit 13 threes and boom, Virginia's dropped one. And that is why I feel like Virginia doesn't have that ultimate upside because even a team like San Francisco, which is a good team, but not, you know, not an elite team, not even borderline top 25 team has a chance against them as long as they can hit some threes and, you know, play a decent defensive game against Virginia. I mean, you look down the stretch, Virginia was struggling to get anything going on the offensive end. Mid-post ISO, mid-post ISO, mid-post ISO, Sam Hauser, Sam Hauser, Sam Hauser. And sure, he hit three, four of those buckets, turnaround jumpers, face-up jumpers, but that's not an offensive set. And when that's what you have, when it's a one-point game against a team that you should be beating, when you're a top three team in the country, that's unacceptable. So uh, until we see something new from Virginia, and, and after their first game, I said, okay, we saw something new from Virginia. They bombed all those threes. They looked really good. Transfer from Rice was hitting threes. Sam Hauser was hitting shots. We need to see them score a bunch of points against a good team before before it's Groundhog Day. Time and again, this is what happens with Virginia. So that's that's an interesting loss over there. Villanova, interesting loss uh, against Virginia Tech. They they should have won this game. I mean, this was their game to have. Jeremiah Robinson Earl has been lights out to start the season. Early, early contender in the big, you know, best player, Big East. Absolutely. I mean, he's just really looking confident and, and assertive. But Villanova really threw this game away towards the end. And a bizarre game, uh, a bizarre play to to get the game to overtime. Virginia Tech had the ball inbounding up one and uh, they set basically an illegal screen as uh, the inbounder ran across the baseline Villanova's defender uh, was trying to uh, defend along with him and the guy sent the screen just completely clocked him and, and all of a sudden Villanova's taking free throws game goes to overtime Virginia Tech took it to him in overtime but bizarre play I think Villanova will be just fine this is a game they should have won uh nine times out of ten they win this game great game early season good for college basketball but you know just bizarre I want to focus though uh, on Richmond versus Kentucky first off Jacob Gilliard what a baller Richmond bunch of ballers and like I said on Friday's podcast this this is what happens you know you have a young Kentucky team 0 for 10 from three missed 11 free throws and you have a Richmond team that just executed 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 so many elite basketball players I I love hearing interviews from established NBA players and and so many of them talk about you know what matters most 
when you're playing basketball at a high level is not actually running good offense, not about getting an open look. It's about getting to your spot. And I felt like time and again, Richmond, the players on the offensive end, we're getting to their spots, hitting shots that they knew they were going to make. Kentucky was <laughs> really reckless. Aside from a, a nice little burst from Olivier Sar at the beginning of the game, Kentucky was just not getting to their spots. And, and, and to be quite frank, I'm not sure anybody other than BJ Boston or Olivier Sar really can identify their spot during the game. Nice little flash from Terrence Clark towards the end there. But I mean, this this is a Kentucky team that needs to grow, and, and I see I, I kind of trolled Kentucky blogosphere and Kentucky Twitter to see what the takes were, and and there were two conflicting takes. One is that my takeaway with is that this is a, a young team, a young team with literally nobody who played for Kentucky last year getting any minutes, and, and they're going to need to grow into this season. That was my take, and I saw a bunch of that. But there are a whole bunch of people who are saying, look, this is this is not a team that has that growth and upside. People are wondering where the three-point shooting is going to come from. Is Davion Mintz going to be able to hit one or two threes a game to make him a viable player in the in the guard rotation? Is anybody other than Olivier Saar going to be able to put in uh, buckets on the front court? I think those are, are real questions for Kentucky. Um, however, their Kentucky team, tremendously, tremendously talented across the board. They've got Coach Cal. I really think they're going to grow into the season. Whether or not they win in their upcoming game against Kansas, I think that's a big game for both of those teams coming off of losses. But however that plays out, I'm not 100% sure that I'm worried. I kind of feel like that was, uh, that you know, like I said on Friday, they, they were going up against a team that literally brought back their entire squad from last year. And Kentucky's exactly the opposite. They brought back nobody from last year. So yeah, they were 0 for 10 from 3. Yeah, they missed 11 free throws. These are really bad things. Is that going to happen again every game? I find that hard to believe. All right, let's take a moment now to hear from the second of our sponsors, Delicious Generic Granola Bars. hey I built up quite an appetite today. I watched Arsenal. I watched the NFL. I watched all those games that I bet on. I sweat for even a few minutes in all three of my bets. JK, those were obviously sick bets. But anyway, I had a lot of uh, energy I needed to work through today. Generic granola bars, delicious, come in so many flavors, 30 of them to be exact. They come from all natural ingredients, not computer chips, real natural ingredients, and uh, that's my go-to every single day of the week. When I sit down to record a pod, I eat one during the ad break. That's how committed I am. That's how much I believe in this product. Delicious generic granola bar, 30 flavors, natural ingredients. Get them wherever you get granola bars. Some news around the college basketball world. McCourt McCurr didn't even make it to our game that I've highlighted on Friday episode. That was disappointing. He was shut down with an injury. And when you have a prospect who's a five-star, I'm not 100% sure whether McCourt McCurr is going to be more than one year at Howard, but you know, you never want to see a, a guy of that pedigree get hurt, miss some time. Uh, Coach Antonio Blake, and he said he's just banged up. We're going to shut him, and they said that he's going to shut him down until McCurry gets fully healthy because right now he's just not. That's really disappointing. By the time he's healthy, chances are uh, Howard will have already exhausted all their most interesting games and his good matchups. So that's, that's a little disappointing. Hope McCourt, uh gets better soon. Mid-majors to watch. I mean, we already talked about Richmond. Just want to throw in St. Louis. I mean, whew, 
I highlighted St. Louis against LSU as a game to watch, and St. Louis made a big old statement. So those are our two mid-majors to watch for now. Obviously, San Francisco with the big win, but I'm not 100% sure that those guys have quite the staying power. TBD. Also, college basketball uh, Hall of Fame announced its uh, its new entries. That is great. Len Bias, obviously uh, close to my heart. Maryland grad. Uh, Hersey Hawkins. Jim Jackson. Anton Jameson. Shouts to the Washington Wizards. And, of course, Paul Pierce. My favorite Paul Pierce, the truth. Big Celtics fan, so obviously love the truth. Love to hear that. Rick Bird and Tom Penders, coaches in the Hall of Fame as well. And, of course, Belmont did a, a good tribute to Rick Bird, who coached there for a long time, having a nice weekend blowing some teams out. Let's look ahead to the games tonight. Texas taking Davidson early in the day, noon Eastern on ESPN2. That's two top 100 teams, according to Ken Palm. That's out in the Maui Invitational. Texas, uh, a team that Ken Palm loves a lot more than um, the, the AP poll, 19th in the AP poll, 8th in Ken Palm. Freshman Greg Brown, five-star freshman Greg Brown, that is, has uh, uh, an early candidate for, or at least one of the best dunks of the year so far. I wouldn't say dunk of the year, like whatever, but it, it was a good dunk so far. One of the better ones of the year. Great opportunity. I think this is a team that is set up with experience in addition to five-star Greg Brown, who himself is an enormous um, help. Shaka Smart, people are not pleased, not pleased down in Austin. This is his opportunity, really good team. And so early test against Davidson out in Maui. Check that one out as well. Stanford versus Alabama. This is an interesting one, actually. Stanford versus Alabama. This is also at the Maui Invitational, which weirdly enough is going to be in the Harris Cherokee Center down in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, That is an interesting place in Maui. Never Never quite understood that, but obviously, uh, due to COVID restrictions, they're moving that tournament over there. Stanford, Alabama, two top 50 teams in Kempom, but it's not really why. This is this is curious to me. I'm going to keep an eye on Stanford throughout uh, the games they play in this um, moved Maui Invitational because their county where they play out in California has shut down all athletic activities. And so they're not, I don't know how they're going to run their season, at least in the interim, between home games, practicing, whatever. So I want to get a chance to watch this team in non-conference before they potentially go off the rails. That's uh, that's just a bizarre storyline. Um, neither of those are particularly interesting. It's a, it's a rather uh, short slate of games today. So take an opportunity to watch Stanford. Ken Palm has them 35, so this is not particularly low. And, uh, you know, it might be one of your few opportunities to see them play for a long time. That's going to do it for today, November 30th on College Basketball Today. I'm Tiny Levitt. Hope you'll rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe as well. Podchaser for review also. Share it on Instagram. Share it on Twitter. I'm at Hater to Levitt. Hit me with that tag. I promise to show it to my grandma. I'll be talking to you tomorrow about more college basketball news. Until then, peace.